Hello, everyone. Welcome to Seeking Life Podcast, learning to pursue a life of eudaimonia. That's generally our goal here. I'm your host, Shaylor Kino. This is episode one, Who Am I? Well, hello. So, figured I might as well generally start off by introducing myself, but more than just that, I actually just kind of generally want to focus on the question, who am I? Because I think that's a question that we generally take for granted to a certain extent. Uh, Yeah, we just kind of assume we know an answer to it or sometimes just choose not to think about it all too much and go with a more simple answer and don't go in and give all the thought. That might be a completely wrong assumption. I know I personally think about the question, who am I a lot? So that, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't exactly polled anyone and asked how often we think about our identities and who we are, but I feel like it's probably something that comes up quite a bit, even though I just said a second ago that maybe we don't actually just kind of take it for granted. But we definitely skip over it in public settings. We'll find certain ways to identify ourselves and not really go beyond that, which makes sense if we're just going based on the average amount of time that we have when we introduce ourselves, it's not very long. So if I were to just do a typical first introduction to you and how I would typically introduce myself, probably start off with some hellos on either end of whoever I'm introducing. Uh, I'm being introduced to or whatever along those lines and then I would say hello my name is Shaler Keenum I'm a student at Baylor University currently studying philosophy and yeah it would kind of go there I might go on and say a little bit more about where I'm from or something along those lines which uh, I'm from Texas if anyone cares go uh, yeah but sick bears for anyone who's a fan of Baylor out there. If anyone's not a fan of Baylor, I, yeah, okay. Um, keep listening. I want you here. Yeah, uh, but no, it's good. But yeah, so often if we introduce ourselves, we'll do it in that way. Just kind of give a couple quick facts about us. And that's kind of where we leave the who am I question. But is that really who I am if someone comes up and asks who are you is that how I want to be known just with my name and where I've been to school and what I do for a living I mean yeah those are all important things they're great Uh, they're parts of who we are but I don't really think they capture the essence of who we are and that's something that's really hard to do, honestly. Because if you think about it, there's so much that goes into each individual person, and we just roll right on over that. And I think that that causes problems to an extent, because if we're doing that, at what point do we just subconsciously let people become the names that we've attached to them. And I think that there's a danger in doing that because 
if you look at someone and all you see is a name, we've dehumanized them. And if we really want to have that life of eudaimonia that I explained in the preview, uh, we can't, that doesn't work. If we want to have flourishing, we obviously want ourselves to be recognized in the fullest version of ourselves, but then we also have to go and turn around and recognize others in the fullest form of themselves as well. And that's difficult to do. I know for a fact I personally do not do that all the time. It's it's one of those struggles that we constantly go at and it, all with the heart of it is the question of who am I? Because each person has an entire life story that all ties into who they are. If I wanted to, I guess I could start explaining the entirety of my life story. Granted, I don't remember the first several years of that. None of us do. I mean, from birth to, what is it, three or something is when we start developing memory? We don't really even remember that. But so much formationally happens during that time, even. And the rest, that, just the rest of that time, if I were to go and start trying to summarize my life... It would take 19 years. I mean, I've been alive for 19 years, so to try to go and explain my life bit by bit would take a long time. And I think we don't necessarily, I don't think that's the best way to go about doing things. If someone asks, who are you, just go into your whole life story in intense detail. I don't think that's necessarily the best way to do it. But I do think that we probably should, if we're first meeting someone get a little more than just their name and their immediate association with things. I mean, even just as simple as the first time you meeting them, asking them some random fact about themselves that they may have never heard before, and just ask a question that makes them think and where you can learn more about the person. Uh, I feel like that's actually probably something that would really help us. Uh, I remember earlier this summer I was helping out at a camp and whenever we introduced ourselves I asked everyone to say their names, what they were going to be studying because this was a college camp and where they were from and then I asked what their either favorite location that they had visited or the favorite location they were going to visit and I mean that doesn't necessarily tell you a ton about a person but it starts getting at it and you can find some more common ground to develop a better relationship with someone. Because I think we can all recognize that the relationships that we really start developing are the ones where we see a person for more than just their name. And once you start seeing beyond the name, there's so much more person there. And they not only gain value to you because you can see them for who they are more, but I think that goes and gives value to the other person as well. Because you can kind of tell when people care about you and when they are really wanting to invest themselves. And that reflects not just on whoever's investing, but it reflects on who's being invested into. And I think that's important. Because there's lots of times that we go around and have relationships that we don't really do that. And if we start investing in people more and learning about 
who they are as a person that really can contribute into things. And I'll probably talk about this a little bit more when I get into discussing friendship, which that'll be a fun time. I love I love talking about friendship. Uh, but just kind of talking about identities for the time being is where we're going to stick for the next 20 or so minutes. So let's start just kind of by discussing a lot of the ways that we choose to identify ourselves because there's nothing necessarily inherently wrong with this, but I think that sometimes it can be harmful. So lots of times we'll identify ourselves through our relationships to other people, whether that be through friendships, through dating relationships, through business relationships, anything of that sort. And then you're just kind of identifying yourself through proximity. And I don't think that gets at who you are. That could be harmful because then your identity is wrapped up in the identity of others and that's not very stable if other people's identities change or you lose a relationship or gain extra relationships then your identity is constantly changing if you've made your identity be that where it's wrapped up in with other people so that's not always necessarily the best thing another way that we can go ahead and have some problems with identifying ourselves is honestly to just not even identify ourselves on our own to let other people or society identify us which don't get me wrong there's definitely benefits to having other people help you learn about yourself and help you identify yourself. But if you let them just straight up tell you who you are, that can be really, really harmful. Uh, I can remember back when I was in high school, I was generally thought of as just kind of the smart guy and things like that. And I didn't have a ton of friends as a result. I don't know if it was actually tied in with that or if it was just me being an awkward teenager. Because I mean, yeah, teenagers are awkward. So <laughs> I was definitely awkward. But I just kind of think back on that time and I let myself be identified with the things that I was associated with and then how other people described me. So that just kind of, I mean, there wasn't necessarily bad things being said. Uh, it was generally, I mean, maybe some snarkiness involved, but it wasn't ever necessarily bad. It was just when you let other people determine how you're going to be seen to the world, you give up your uniqueness and your control over the perception that you give off. And I mean, None of us really want to do that to some extent. We just kind of let it happen. We feel like we can't do anything about it. It's what everyone else is saying. But there's so much more going on. And if anything is going around and there's people saying something about you, the easiest way to change that isn't necessarily to change yourself and try to make others perceive you differently, but to talk. And get in on the conversation because if people or you've just kind of i mean they don't even necessarily have to be talking to you directly i mean that probably someone's not going to come up to you and be like yes this is exactly how you define this is what everyone thinks of you uh, maybe someone will tell you what other people think of you and that's useful i mean you got to hear it somehow uh so yeah but hearing what other people think of you whenever you hear that if it's not something that really you think is who you are 
then go in and change the narrative. Your life is your story. My life is my story. Take control of that story. And whenever we do that, it, it's freeing. Because then it's up to you. And don't get me wrong, there are certain times where, like, yeah, there are government-regulated things saying, like, oh, you are 16, you can drive now. That's obviously kind of some identity, per se, that's being forced on you. But I don't know if I would call that an identity. I mean, legal adulthood, sometimes that can get into people's heads. Uh, I just turned 18, guys, a year and a half ago. Uh, math is hard. It's <laughs> but uh, a legal adulthood doesn't mean anything, guys. You don't. I mean, anyone who's past this stage knows that you don't feel any different. Never, you never feel different with age until you look back on it as a whole time. But, I mean... Yay, legal adulthood. I can sign my own documents now. That's great. Uh, <laughs> it is useful, but... Yeah, so I guess age is another way that can identify us. I'm transitioning all over the place here, but... Uh, it's, yeah, it'll be fine. I hope... If anyone can't follow, just give me a review and say something about that. Say it's confusing. I'll get a little more structure. No, but uh, getting back to age... Age is an interesting concept. I personally understand the use of age in all sorts of manners, but I don't really like using age because, I mean, I'm 19 years old. Uh, I've met 12-year-olds that have their lives way more figured out than me. I say that. I thought I had my life figured out at 12 and was completely wrong. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I've met 12-year-olds that seem to have their lives way more figured out than me, and I've met 50-year-olds who have no idea what they're doing. And age, generally, yes, you get more life experience. That's a given. But time isn't always the thing that matters. Because time obviously gives you more opportunity, but what happens in the time plays so much more into who you are than anything else. Ah. Because, say, if you just spend your time not really doing much of anything, then you're not going to grow much as a person. And this will get back into the whole seeking aspect of this whole podcast, is that you have to take initiative. And especially with time. Time's the only resource we can't get back. Money, possessions, anything else, if those go away... There's a way to get them back or replace them in a sense, but time is just here and then it's gone. The time that I'm spending recording this, the time that you're spending listening this, you don't get it back. And honestly, personally, I can see that kind of frightening because what if what I'm doing with my time isn't good? What if who I'm choosing to become isn't worth the time that I'm putting into it. That's a scary concept to think about because you don't know and I don't know and there's really no way to know if what you're doing is truly worthwhile at the time you're doing it. You can get joy and pleasure and benefits out of all of these things but to know if it's really worthwhile, that's an area that's a little iffy. Afterwards, yeah, you can know and you can learn from the experiences and say, okay, yes, that was worth my time. No, it wasn't. 
But while you're in the midst of something, it's a lot harder to tell. That can be kind of depressing if you think that you've wasted your life away, which, hey, hey, we've, we've all wasted time. I've wasted years. <laughs> but it can also be refreshing because there's more time. Being intentional with time is important. And I don't know how this ties into identity, which is kind of what the whole theme was, but talking about time still, uh, even in regards to identity, because, yeah, you use time to make your identity. But... I like to pull a term that is used in economics and when discussing time uh, in regards to sunk costs. So when you're doing things in economics, a sunk cost is a cost that you already paid. It's something you can't get back and it shouldn't play into the framework of how you do things in the future. It's weird because psychologically, if you've already invested a lot of time or in economics case money into something you want to focus on it more and get more involved and stay committed to it because you've already invested so much. But the principle of sunk costs says that if you're not getting something back that's valuable, then it's not worth continuing on with. I mean, yes, in theory, it could become better later, but if you've already invested all this and there's not any return to keep up the economics terms, if you're getting no return from an investment, even if you've lost something, it's better to drop the investment because otherwise you're just going to keep throwing away more of your time or money. So uses of time that haven't been helpful, like if you've committed your life to, what's something that I've committed my life to that's completely not panned out what I've committed a ton of time to? Uh, for a really long time, I wanted to do engineering, actually. I uh, committed most of my time in high school mostly focusing on maths and sciences and all that. And here I am, a couple years later, going full into philosophy, which is not at all the same thing. And that was a hard decision when I first made it because I put a lot of time going into the math and science areas and learning a lot about those. But I just kind of figured out that they weren't the things that I was passionate about and enjoyed doing as much. So pulled away from those a little bit and now I'm loving studying philosophy reading a lot more which is great I love reading books anyone always number one piece of advice always read books just anything it's great uh but yeah so had to decide to lose some of those sunk costs of time and then invest in something else which can be hard to do and that can even apply to identity if you've invested your identity into something and worked at becoming someone and then at some point you realize you don't like who you're becoming but you've already invested so much there you have all these relationships in that regard that can be tough and uh i know definitely some in the past for me i've invested in certain types of relationships and wanting to be a certain type of person and then realized while doing so this probably isn't the best choice for my life but you're already on a certain path and changing paths in life is I think one of the hardest things that you can do. And I think that's because we tie it up to our identity so much because I mean, it makes sense to do so. If you think about who you're choosing to become, the most common thing we'll think about is 
the career that we're pursuing, the friendships we're making, the ways that we spend our time, our hobbies, all of that. And yeah, that definitely plays into identity. But at the same time, if that's what you make your identity, it becomes harder to move away from those things if they need to change. Say that your identity is tied up to where you live and you need to move. Well, then your entire identity is going to change, but it shouldn't be that way. Because you as a person, even if you change locations, you're still the same, right? And yet, we feel that sense of immense personal change when we change locations. Which is strange to me, because if I move from one city to the other, I'm me. Yes, obviously the people I'm around are different, and I'm in a different house or apartment or something like that, somewhere to live, but I'm still who I was before anything changed. So our identity, when we get down to it, is related intimately within ourselves. So it's kind of just something to think about in the future and maybe just something that we can all learn together here is to figure out what it is that defines us and a cool way to do this that i personally think is to find some sort of quote or motto to live by because then you just kind of always have something uh i especially love a quote from a platonic dialogue where socrates says that he's committed his whole life to committing no unjust deed. I think that's a great way to live. I mean, it's a tall, tall order. And I mean, what even is justice? That's <laughs> been discussed for thousands of years and I have some ideas there. Maybe we'll talk about that. Uh, but committing to live a certain way, I think is a better way to associate your identity. And then you're avoiding the situation where it's tied up in with what you do or what other people say about you or your hobbies or anything like that and you're deciding my identity is going to be rooted in who i want to be my identity is rooted in who i want to be your identity is rooted in who you want to be and that might be hard to do at first because you have to change how you think a bit but at that point, it's all, it's all mental. Because yes, obviously there's outside influences that will be saying all sorts of different things about you. But if you take over the narrative and go in on your own and choose to seek out a certain identity for yourself and define yourself as a certain type of person, that can be really, really beneficial. Uh, I mean, I've personally decided that I want to be the type of person who's always learning, who's always striving to make themselves better, which I think that's something that we should all agree to. I think we should all seek to learn and all seek to be better because we all know that we're not the best versions of ourselves. I know that definitely beyond a shadow of a doubt. There's plenty of things that I can do to be better. And all of us are that way. We're in this situation that we call life and we're defining who we want to be 
I say we're defining it, we often let it get defined. But that's the problem. And it's not necessarily a hard problem to fix. If we go in, I'm, I'm getting a little repetitive here, but if we go and commit to living our lives how we want to be, be the man or woman that you want to be, then something will be different. We stop having outside influences on us as much and become more focused on who we want to be and how we want to affect those around us. Because that's part of our identity too, is how we play off on others. Not necessarily how we let others play off on us, but we how, how we help others become the people that they want to be as well. It's not about forcing our agendas on people. The only person that you should be forcing your own agenda on is yourself. And I think often we get that a little confused. We think, I'll take the agenda that's given to me and force the agenda I have on other people. But we should put our own agenda on ourselves and yes, help others in their agenda and make them keep, like help them be on the right track. Like, you don't necessarily want a bad agenda if someone says that their agenda is to go murder someone. Clearly we want to do something about that. That's not an agenda that you just want to just encourage someone in. But in agendas related to who you want to be as a person, that's a little different. Because we all want to make ourselves better, but we also want to make other people better. And I think that's something that we skip over sometimes. We talk about it a lot, and I mean, I'm talking about it right now, so I could be just as hypocritical as everyone else, but becoming better collectively is kind of how this plays in. I realized I started a little bit by talking about how letting others define you and taking on other sorts of identities isn't necessarily what we want to do, and now I'm talking about identity in regards to collective people again, but the only collective identity that we should take is that we all want to be better people and we want to be helping each other be better people. And when I'm talking about being better, I don't necessarily mean getting, uh, you know, more successful, more money, that sort of thing. That's not really what I'm talking about. I mean better on a deep personal sense going into that eudaimonia seeking after that flourishing at the core of your being in your very soul to try to become more of you that's a weird thing to say to become more of yourself i mean you're already yourself but i think that often we let ourselves get caught up so if we try to become more of us that's really important and when I say more of yourself, I don't also, I don't mean becoming more of certain traits that you naturally exhibit. Like, I can't become more of a 19-year-old college student. I mean, I can't do that. But I can become a more virtuous person, a more intelligent person, a more caring person. We can affect ourselves in not necessarily physical traits about ourselves, but the mental attitudes that we go about, the way we treat other people, the way that we choose to live, that's really where we can get in and make a change. 
because I mean, yeah, I mean, you can do like plastic surgery or dye your hair or something and change who you are physically in that regard, but that's not really what I'm talking about here. Because I think identifying yourself physically is not necessarily the best way to do so. I mean, there are certain important things about your physique that do affect you as a person. But identifying yourself in your soul and who you want to be, all of the greatest aspirations in your life, the ways that you want to be fulfilled, and... The ways that you want to achieve human flourishing and eudaimonia. I mean, that's all tied up in with what our identity should be. So if I were asked in an extent, who am I? And I start answering it in that sort of way. If someone asks, who are you? I don't even just go all in on this right now. And I don't even say my name to start off. They say, who are you? And I say, I am a person who is committed to learning and bettering myself and bettering other people and making the world better and stronger as a result. If we start identifying ourselves like that, what will people say? Honestly, if someone were to come up to you and ask you, who are you, and you spit that out back at them, what are they gonna say? I mean, if someone told me that, I would say, we need more people like you. I don't even know the person's name at this point. They haven't told me that. But they've defined themselves in such a way that shows you're a person who's concerned about more than yourself. Yes, you want yourself to be better. That's good. And that's important, clearly you value yourself if you want yourself to be better. But at the same time, you're making your identity not be so inward focused. It's not things that define you, but your identity is how you define things. The way that we see the world and how we put everything together, the lens that we view through, that is where our identity is. That's where we see things. That's where we start making changes. Because your identity isn't caught up in how you're described. Your identity is caught up in you and your effect and influence in life. Your life is something that you have control over. We get to make choices. So the choices that we make and how we go about living, that's what identifies us. Definitely not circumstances, because those are brought upon you. The things that you do, the ways that you choose to live. If I had to sum up everything in a brief second, I would say that your identity is in who you want to be. Who you want to be is who you should become and is who you are. That sounds very counterintuitive because saying that something you will be or want to be, hope to be in the future is who you are currently doesn't entirely make sense. I personally don't even think it makes sense entirely, but I know where I'm going and I hope that you do too. 
what I'm saying essentially is that who we are isn't tied up in your past. It's tied up in your future. And I think that's really encouraging because if we go into life knowing that we can seek it out, we can choose to live it how we want, and knowing that who we want to be is entirely up to our own discretion, then you're free to live, and you're free to seek life, and you're free to get closer to that eudaimonia. So let's go out, and let's seek our identities together, and seek eudaimonia. Thank you for tuning in to Seeking Life podcast this week. I hope you enjoyed what you're listening to. If you did, if you could go ahead and subscribe and share this with other people, I'd be greatly appreciated. Also, if you're enjoying what you're listening to, but uh, feel like you need to get caught up a little bit, especially if you don't know the word eudaimonia that I've been using, if you could go back and listen to episode zero, that'll get you caught up. It's just quick five minutes. And yeah, I hope you enjoy things. Thank you for tuning in this week, and I'll see you again in a week.